Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and will be joined by my co-host Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I am Nicole Frolic, one of your co-hosts, and I am also joined by Lisa Watson and Brian Kaneberg. And today we are excited to have not one, but two fantastic guests joining the conversation today. What if your loved ones could send letters from the afterlife, helping you to live a free, a life free from fear while tapping into an abundance of peace and love? Beth Mund and Barrett Stover connect with people who have passed, and in 2016, they discovered that not only could they connect around the same spirit, but together they could transcribe messages from loved ones and strangers in the form of sacred letters. Their combined psychic and intuitive abilities opened a portal through which spiritual communication flows smoothly and rapidly, and their new book, Living Beyond Fear, Sacred Letters from the Afterlife, includes 21 contemporary letters that are inspiring, empowering, and healing. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Nicole. So um, Beth, why don't we start with you? Would you want to share with our audience just a little bit about yourself and um, what you were doing? Have you, have you ladies known each other your entire life or when did you guys meet? No, we just met in 2016. So this all came about very quickly. Um, I was having a spiritual group a group of women um, with a with another medium over our house and we were doing monthly um just talks and and engaging and meditations and one someone that i knew bought ferret over um and that was in 2016 and we started um talking and connecting and text messaging and that we'll talk a little bit about how we ended up realizing we could connect with the same spirit but um, we did meet through a mutual friend, and then um, when we were, uh, you know, deciding when the group had ended, we kept our connection. We kept our text messaging, and then we started to realize the power of what was happening, and we were getting intuitions and messages, and um, then these letters started streaming through, and that's that's like the overall way it all it all came. And out. and has mediumship always been something you were aware of your entire life or did it turn on at a certain point? Um for me it turned on. Um I've always I've always been intuitive and I've always of my whole life um I received intuitive I, I call them intuitive hits. 
I just never knew it and I never paid attention to it. You know, that old thing where, you know, you get the message, <laughs> don't go this way, go that way. And you're like, okay, whatever. And then you realize, oh yeah, like there's a whole bunch of traffic that way or you know, whatever that there was one time when I remember I was um, just, it was about five years ago. I was just getting on to intuition and learning about it. I, I did a lot of spiritual work and um, I heard, don't put the glass on the floor. I had a glass of water that I brought into my bedroom and I laid down and I heard, don't put the glass on the floor. And I was like, I mean, don't put the, yeah, don't put the glass on the floor. And I was like, okay, whatever. I just did it. I put it on the floor. I didn't listen. Sure enough, I woke up at two in the morning. I had to go to the bathroom and I kicked the glass and the, the water went all over the floor. It sounds so simple, but that was, that was an aha moment for me that, you know, yes, your intuition is telling you something, whether it's your higher self or your guides, or there, there's information that, that comes through. And some of it is profound and some of it is, you know, day to day. So um, when Barrett and I started connecting, um, I have also been a writer for many, many years. And um, these messages and the connections, um, the automatic writing had been finding its way into my writing. I just didn't know it. Um, and it took me to connect with Barrett for her to put two and two together um, that I was receiving from the other side. I wasn't aware of it, but I had been receiving for, for much of my life. I just didn't realize it. And um, what's interesting is like, it, you know, it was about two years ago when we started writing these letters, I started thinking about how, how, do, how does this happen? You know, why is this happening to me? Like, how, how can I do this? And um, I've done a lot of soul searching, a lot of work on myself. And for me personally, um, I had experienced abuse as a child and trauma, and I disassociated during those moments. And I always knew that, but it came to me in, in, within an intuition I was driving that that is when I went to the other side. And that is when I first started connecting, but I didn't. I didn't understand it and I didn't realize it until much later, until Barry and I started working together. So that seems like a really common theme that we found through guests on our show that um, have experienced some form of abuse as a child, that their intuitive gifts are what allowed them to escape or kind of allowed them, like you said, to dissociate from that reality. Yes. And 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 kind of like cope with what was going on. Yes, I was always in my head or I was off somewhere or, you know, I had invisible friends, <laughs> but there were probably people from the other side. Um, but yeah, I, I, I said that as well. And I think it, um, it gave me a way to escape, but it also, uh, you know, allowed me when it came back so many years later to believe it and to know it was the truth and know that this did, you know, didn't just appear out of nowhere for me. It didn't, um, and so it's been a it's been an amazing journey since Barry and I met because everything's just come together for me. It makes all and, sense. And Barrett, how about you? How did everything start for you before you met Beth? So for me, um, sometimes when I was younger, I would actually see people years ago, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's just my imagination. Or right before I went to bed, I would have spirits come to my bedside right before I was to fall asleep and give me messages that I wouldn't know anything about. But if they were so insistent, I got out of bed, I text a friend, said, you know, your mother-in-law is here. And the message didn't mean a lot to me, but had a profound effect and meaning for the person I was delivering the message to. 
so um, in 2010, a lot opened for me. I actually shut down with multiple sclerosis and lost my ability to walk. And I, my, I was a mother of twins who were sixth graders at the time. And it put me in such a still position. <laughs> and so much started to come through, even though I wasn't physically mobile, spiritually, I became aware of so much more around me. It was so palpable. And I read Many Minds, Many Masters, and a few different books that people had given to me while I was in bed. And over time and with therapy, I regained my ability to walk again. And then in 2012, I had another big shift. Um, my daughter, Sarah, who um, was an eighth grader at the time, had uh, was diagnosed with a very rare cancer. And I felt... Um, again, this huge um, awakening in me and great strength, even though we went through, it was not, it was very painful and it was scary and all that challenge and that adversity. She's now is still is good. She's in remission and she's a senior in college now. Um, and then in 2016, I met Beth and um, we realized that we could combine our different abilities and um, we're sort of the missing piece for each other. I was sort of like the scout that can identify people that were coming into my awareness. And she um, was the transcriber who could actually start hearing these different letters. But for me, it was kind of an unfolding from 2010 to 2016 um, when I really started really opening up. Oh, wow. And so when you finally met Beth, what was the first experience like for you guys when someone came through? Like, who was it? <laughs> so I think, I think our aha moment. So we had met at this class and we were both were expanding our own awareness and trying to make sense of things that we didn't understand. But someone had asked us to connect around a person that neither of us knew. And I remember sitting in Beth's living room. I was on one side of the room and she was on the other. And we both had our notebooks. We weren't talking with each other. And we were just copying down for probably like a half an hour everything that we were hearing. I hear in my left ear and my left side. Everything seems to be on my left side. But we, after half an hour, we compared our notes and we were stunned. They were eerily similar, even though we had no common thread between the two of us about the, the individual. And that was like our aha moment. So we thought, oh, if we combine our intuitive abilities, we'll just get more information. But what happened actually is when we combined our, our intuitive abilities, we started getting full letters. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the first ones that started coming through. Again, we didn't understand what the magnitude of it all. But I would connect with somebody on the left side. Again, I kind of see them on a visual stage as if they're waiting in the wings. And when a letter is to come forward, I can actually see the spirit move center stage. And I know, even though I'm not with Beth, because we're not physically together, we're in neighboring towns, we do a lot of text messaging between ourselves. I can see them move center stage and then a letter actually flows through Beth in like sheer minutes, seven pages and maybe eight minutes. She's like a court stenographer, just wow. quickly typing away um, in an automatic writing, no consciousness. <laughs> even now, like, oh my gosh, this letter, we talk about a letter. She's like, oh, I don't remember that letter. I mean, she's not even conscious of what she's, she's doing. 
But when we pass the letter to whoever it's intended to, it has great meaning, not only for the individual who's receiving it, but for all of us. So the letters have a universal underlying message of love, of healing, of compassion, of empowerment. And they speak, each spirit is very distinct and each one speaks to a specific theme, if you will, for how to live our life more fully um, and abundantly and purposefully. Because we're all spiritual entities, we're all spiritual beings, even that we're, you know, a soul in a body, not a body with a soul. Can you give us an example of a letter that you've received? Oh, we have so many. So yes. um, go ahead, Beth. I want to real quickly add to what um, Barrett had said. Um, there's, I, I have come to understand that there are absolutely no accidents. There are no, no accidents, no coincidences. And we started text messaging back and forth. We, like Barrett said, we weren't together in the same room. And it was the fact that we were text messaging that led us to these letters because there was one day where we were just, you know, we were opening up spiritually, talking about different spiritual concepts. And I started to feel that there was something coming through for Barrett that was important. And I remember typing, you know, there's something that, you know, it's important coming through to you. And she was like, oh, oh okay. And I said, no, really, like, this is something that's really important. <laughs> You're supposed to listen to this. And it wasn't me. Like, I didn't feel like that's the way I spoke. And then when I started texting, um, she said, you, you don't, I just realized that there were times when we're texting and your hand, like your tone completely changes and the type of wording completely changes. And I don't know if we would have been aware of that had we been speaking about the, all this in person. And that's when we started to get on that these letters um, were starting to come through because it was right there in front of us in writing. So I think I've also want to just stress that it's not just people who have passed um, that we are connecting with. Oh. We're connecting with angel beings. We're connecting with um, one of the, the letters that we included in this first book is actually my dog, Summer, who um, has now passed. But she actually channeled a letter through Beth when we were out walking in the woods. I mean, we connected and Beth could hear her. And, and then a letter came later speaking to how she actually two things. One, how animals, we share our space with animals and how healing, and we all know our animals are so full of unconditional love, but they're full of healing. And they as many times take on what is going on in a household. They absorb that energy. And this was the case for Summer. She was speaking while she was still alive, how she was absorbing my daughter's cancer. Um, my daughter had a rare cancer, only 25 kids in the world get it. And, um, she healed from that, which is amazing. I mean, each person has their own journey. But Summer spoke to um, absorbing that cancer, and Summer did pass from that cancer. So it's interesting, not only, again, that we're connecting with animals, we're connecting with angels. One of the things that Beth was just speaking about that was she was texting was a letter that came through from Archangel Gabriel to me um, in that texting, which... Beth is a profound writer, but Archangel Gabriel, her words are amazing. And it was a direct message to allow everything to unfold. You know, I think she spoke about um, what will unfold you cannot imagine, but you must try for we are all we see and know and to expand into that greater awareness. 
I think all these letters, whether it's coming from someone who passed or an angel or even a dog, they're all speaking to insight into an expanded realm. What we've come to kind of in our little glimpse of the afterlife to see from talking to so many people in so many different situations is that we shed our earthly form and we move with our same consciousness goes with us. Our consciousness goes into this, un, this, this realm where we are not in a body. And it's that progression. We're progressing here as spiritual beings, but we're also still progressing there. And many of these letters are reading almost like cliff notes of how to connect, how to live in this life. They're sharing with us their insight from a much more expanded realm. They don't know everything, but they can see a much more wider perspective, a bigger vantage point. And they're with great love and compassion and each of their own personalities coming through, they're gifting us back that insight to move us beyond fear and doubt, the things that keep us limited. Um, you asked about, Brian, one of the letters that was so profound. One of, they're all profound, but one of the letters that we did include in this book, besides Summers when she was living, was a woman named Mariana. And Mariana had not passed, she was in a coma. Um, I hear in the morning in my left ear, I hear guidance from beings or guides or angels. And one morning on a Monday morning, I heard that I could connect with someone who had, Beth and I could connect with people who are in comas. And I thought, that's so interesting. I didn't know anyone in a coma. And I asked Beth and she didn't know anyone in a coma. Um, two weeks later, I was alerted about a woman who on that Monday before had got, had a brain aneurysm and gone into a coma. And when I thought of her, I could hear her in my left ear saying, yes, yes, you remember me. I barely knew her, um, but she's like, yes, yes, you remember me. And so I text Beth and said, Beth, I can hear Mariana. I know that we are connecting with her. And sure enough, within that day, this profound several page letter came through about our consciousness. And hers is interesting because she speaks about how our mind, our, we've studied the brain so much, but it's our mind that we're just starting to understand. And it's our consciousness, that our consciousness, she says, can go anywhere at any time with anyone. And that can help happen in this realm as much as it happens in the afterlife. The difference between this realm and the afterlife is that we live in a duality here. We live in a heavier realm. We live, um, we give our energy to fear and to doubt that keeps us limited and, and weighed down. Whereas in the afterlife, it is, a thought is immediate and things happen, there is no time. So that there is so much to be shared between the two realms of helping us both collectively progress. We're helping them and they're helping us because we're all one. We're so interconnected beyond our imagination. We are so one with one another. So um, that's just one example of a letter from someone who is now, she's come out of her coma. She was telling me in my, when I first connected, tell my children I am not dying. The, the, the doctors didn't give her a great prognosis and it didn't look so hopeful, but she actually has come out of her coma. Her short-term memory isn't the best, but she's walking and eating and um, she has not passed. But she was speaking to healing, what she went, underwent 
in that coma was healing across a hundred years or lifetimes it would take. I don't know what she was healing, but she was speaking to healing and kept saying, tell my children I am not dying. So it was a profound letter and it was so much so that this is one of the 21 letters that we put in this first collection. We had so many that it was hard to sort through which ones to include. Do you um, always know who the uh, the letter is from? Do they do they sign it when they're when they're done? Um, they do, um, but actually, go ahead, Beth. Yeah, um, you know, sometimes it's it's obvious right away, and sometimes it takes uh, some time for us to understand who it is. One letter that came through was from a woman named Deborah, and um, she, I was laying in bed. It was about eleven thirty at night, and. I heard a train whistle in my living room and I thought I was hearing things and I went to the living room and I checked, there was no kids toys that could ever sound that loud. You know, you second guess yourself. You're like, what is going on? And I heard it twice. And then I called my husband. I said, okay, I don't know what's going on. Casey, I think you need to come home. He's like, what? I'm out with my friends. I said, but just come home. So he came home and of course it didn't happen again. But then the next night it was around midnight and it happened and he heard it. So I was like, okay, yes, I'm not going crazy. He heard it too. And it happened twice again. And it was loud. I mean, it sounded like the train was running through my living room and I live nowhere near a train station. And, um, I, remember texting Barrett and said, I don't know what's going on. This is so strange. And then all of a sudden my intuition kicked in. I had a college roommate who passed from an Antrac accident. It was going from Philadelphia to New York and it was within the last few years. And we both knew instantly that this was her trying to get our attention, my attention, and that the letter was going to come through about it. And, and then it did. And it sounds so crazy and so far-fetched, but I lived it, I experienced it. So I, I know it's the truth. And very often these letters that do come through, we, we, know, we know it's the truth. And then sometimes within the letters, we receive information um, about the soul who was passed or about the, the person or people who the letter is for. And we've gotten confirmation from people who we've shared the letters with. And, our, our book is actually laid out in three different sections. Um, we have an introduction, which talks about how the letters uh, came to us. And then we have the letters. And then not all of them, but many of them, we include a reflection. So if we, we uh, got feedback from a letter or we have things that happened after the letter came through, we write that in the reflection. So um, there were people that we were able to share the letters with and get their feedback. So they don't sign it <laughs> per se, but you know we receive information that helps us. Have you have you ever received any information that was lost in the reality where people it would help family members put things together to help them move on that they didn't get at the time? Um, I know for me, I, um, I had someone that came to me whose father had passed and um, I, you know, she, her mother was struggling a lot. They had been together for 60 years and he had recently passed. And um, I, I said, you know, I'm seeing him in a, um, in a, in a band 
And does, I don't know that that makes any sense. And she's like, no, you know, he didn't play an instrument. And then what happens to me is I need to, I need to widen the area that I can see through an image or ask for more information. Um, and then I realized it was a jazz band. And, and then I started hearing. So usually it's, a, it's an image that will come to me or I hear, you know, those will come in uh, together with each other. So then I, I began to hear the song when the saints come marching in. And I said to her, okay, so now it all opened up for me. I'm hearing the song. And she said that was his favorite song. And then I received the message. So I usually receive a bit of information that, that um, says it is who it is for them. And then she, you know, she was very, she was crying in appreciation. I said, his, but listen to his message. His message is um, that it's okay to grieve. Like her mother was, was, trying to be so strong about it and he was saying like so one was that yes i'm here and the other was you know that i didn't die i'm still here and but it's okay to to grieve because you're still there you're still in the physical world and that was very healing um so i found i find that um and and we also another thing's coming to mind we did a reading for someone uh, we also do readings for people and we do it through um Tech, the same way that we connect um, with for our book and the let, sacred letter will come through. But um, we were hearing a lot of information around a funeral and it was this woman's father that was coming through. And we, um, you know, we let her know that there, he was aware there was, and then it turned out there was all this um, difficulty and conflict that was around his death and the family members were fighting with each other. And, you know, we said to her, you know, he's aware of it and he he's asking for forgiveness, not for him, but for everybody to forgive each other. So, um, you know, I think that we have found, I, we have found from doing the readings and the letters that um, what comes through is always healing. And some people might get it right away and some people over time it sinks in. Um, but what's healing is for them to know that their loved ones are still are still here, very much still here, even if we can't see them. Um, and then the messages that come through have been healing. And again, for all of us, I just want to um, add one more thing from Brian's question. Do we always know who the person is? So I'm just going to give you an example of two of the letters that are in this first collection. One, um, my niece had asked me to connect with a uh, young woman who was uh, first year out of high school and who was trekking through Nepal and she um, was lost in 2015 during that earthquake. And immediately I felt her and um, got, first of all, I get the personality, Beth and I get images and symbols and we hear things, we hear songs or I even hear scripture and I don't even think I know all my scriptures, but um, we get all kinds of pieces of things. And I connected with Sydney and I was texting Beth back and forth and I said to her, um, you know, I'm connecting with Sydney and Beth said to me, well, who is this woman um, with this, you know, blonde braid? And then I can see exactly who she's seeing. It's almost like we could do a police sketch if we, you know, connected together. And I said, no, no, no. I, I, no, I see her on my left side. I no, no, that woman's like, like, looks like in the mid sixties. No, no, no. I'm not talking to her. I'm talking to this young girl 
um, Sydney. And every time I connected with Sydney, this other woman came through. And actually, she is the one who went center stage and she channeled its letter. So Beth and I had no idea who this woman was. And um, her letter was profound. It speaks about the body it speaks about passing how we pass one two and there's twos or in, in a group so i wanted to, we wanted to get this to get permission to put it in the book we only use the person's first name but i wanted to uh get it to the family but again we had no idea who the woman was so when i asked her like who are you i was given the stanza the dawning of the age of Aquarius. It kept looping around. And then I was given images of Maine. And I've been to Maine since I was a child. So I'm like, oh yes, this is Maine. And it kept going on and on to the point where I said to Beth, the only connection is those two um, images. And that every time we connect with Sydney, who passed in this Nepal earthquake, we get this woman. So I went on Google and I Googled, did someone from Maine pass? Well, sure enough, there was a woman who passed. She was from Maine. What, and what was remarkable was the, the article that was in the Maine local paper had her picture of someone who had taken it a few days before she passed. And it was exactly like how Beth and I saw her. Wow. And she was standing with her silhouette against the jagged rocks of the Nepal cold um, mountainside. And she had her long blonde braid and her name was Dawn. So the dawning of the age of Aquarius. We're given different things to try and piece it together. So um, we actually did make contact with her family and shared the letter. And we said, we honor if you want to have it included or not. Um, because we also include a brief introduction before each of the chapters, before each sacred letter, we've written a briefly, what were the circumstances that brought that individual into our awareness? So it introduces that um, letter and that spirit. And um, they were said, this is, this, this is our mother. She like, it resonates. And um, so we were able with her help because we can ask them and they can give us information. Of course, we need to kind of piece it together. Sometimes we're a little like Laverne Shirley trying to put our pieces together. Um, but we were able to find her, which is remarkable. And her letter is just beautiful, as is Sydney's, the young girl who also passed with Dawn in that 2015 earthquake, speaks about Mother Earth. Uh, again, we included that because we're all so concerned about our Earth, um, about what's going on. There's so much more, uh, you know, there's more fires, there's more earthquakes, there's um, so much happening with our earth. And she speaks in her beautiful letter about giving voice to the earth. How again, just like we as souls and humans, we're so connected as one. We are so connected to our earth. We're so connected to our animal species. We're all one. We're all so interchanged and interdependent and can lift each other and we can heal each other. Like we can heal ourselves, we can heal our earth. And it's a very beautifully written, profound letter. Again, each person has their own signature style. They're, as Beth kind of touched on earlier, each one is very distinct. They're, you know, some are much more philosophical, some are just very simple and plain. 
Um, some are just in their simplicity are beautiful. There's one from Grandma Ruth, which is in this letter, and it talks about um, living beyond, you know, living beyond fear. How we don't need to give it that energy because where we put our energy goes our or our attention, our our thought, our energy follows, and how when we just stop feeding that animal, we we you know acknowledge it and just release it. It, it can't exist without our energy. So um, hers is a beautiful letter too, Grandma Ruth's. Is it is it easier for for you both to connect with a specific person that somebody you know asks you to to try to connect with, or is it completely random? I think everything actually, even if we think it's a coincidence, if Beth said, nothing is a coincidence. So, so much is being guided to us, even if we aren't even totally aware of it in a human way. Um, the first letter that we included in this book is from Peter. My, I lost two cousins in 2017. Um, Peter passed from um, a drug overdose and he is the one who gave, who kind of made sense for Beth and I about what is going on. He spoke about how he stepped forward to deliver this letter, what these sacred letters are all about, and then the, then the next person will be coming through. So even though we go about our daily lives, we are really much more guided. When we listen to our intuition, we go to where we kind of need to go and things unfold. Um, for example, I went to the grocery store to get berries. I don't need berries. I have berries in my refrigerator, but I did. I went to the grocery store. So much happens in the produce section of my grocery store from connecting with individuals. And um, a woman came to me and said, oh, I, who I did not know. And she said, I've heard you have this gift. And she wanted to connect with her, her husband who had passed. And um, we're standing next to the avocados and the berries. And I said to her, I felt her mother, and then I felt her husband. And then within that day, when I shared it with Beth, a letter came through from Frank um, about grief. Um, how and so, some I think it's I think it's so I th I think so much of it when we listen and when we are quiet and still and we just are our truth. We all of us. Every one of us has gifts that we can listen to, that we can follow that intuition, that we can follow that inspiration. And it, it brings us on the path of where things unfold that we could never have imagined, but are so real, that are more real than sometimes things that we see around us. I think, Brian, for me, um, it was easy. it's easier for me to connect with someone I don't know. Because, um, you know, the first struggle for me with this whole thing was overcoming the belief that this, you know, I can do this. Um, and once I had enough information and evidence that, yes, I can do this, um, you know, there's always that little, little, you know, thing of doubt that can creep into your mind. And so if I didn't know the person, it was, it felt much stronger than I knew, you know, because I always, I, I'm always making sure I'm doing the right thing. So if I know someone, I, I question, oh, am I using this information to help me connect? And so when it's a complete stranger, 
Uh, it's not that I'm not getting the information about someone I know, but when it's a complete stranger, I know I know nothing about them. And then the information feels really true. And, and how would I know all this? How would I get this information? Because I don't know anything about them. Do you, do you guys, have you ever experienced or received any information of the journey of passing what a soul experiences as they're transitioning? Um, I think in different ways we have. So, um, first of all, everyone is surrounded by love. I know it, we hear this all the time, but it, it's the truth of what I've experienced and I think what Beth's experience. We're always surrounded by unconditional love. So no matter how we pass in whatever the situation is, we are always with others and we are always surrounded by great love. And there's no judgment, but the judgment comes from what we've received from talking with people is when they cross over, um, they almost do like over time, although there is no time, they will do almost like a life review. And it's really in that life review that they are reflecting on the good and the bad, I guess, if you will, of how their actions and their thoughts had a ripple effect with those that they touched consciously and actually subconsciously. Um, so, but again, there, it's off with great love. There's a continuum, it doesn't end. And you're in the spiritual consciousness of being progressing, you're healing. Um, people, we've seen some people have gone into um, what we call like heal, I guess they call them healing centers. They move in to restore their soul and heal. Um, but they're always surrounded by love and compassion and understanding and, and progress. We're all working to get, become that to, to, to return to that wholeness. We've always been whole, but we forget it. In our earthly lives, we forget how worthy, how loved and how whole we are, but we're nothing, we're nothing further from the truth of not being whole, not being worthy, not being loved. That is our essence of who we are. Um, and I've never had anything come through specifically about the transition process, um, but I do, you know, I receive a lot of information from people who are on the other side and some of it surprised me. One of the things uh, I remember someone's mother had come through and she didn't feel very loving to me. And I thought, oh, you know, and I didn't know this person's relationship. I, I saw her, um, you know, I do see a lot of classrooms you know, on the other side. So I believe people are in classrooms. And I said, you know, I'm just telling you, I'm seeing your mother standing outside the classroom. She is not going in. She's smoking a cigarette and she's just hanging out there. And she started laughing. She said, well, she did smoke. And um, she's, she was very narcissistic and very self-centered and wasn't that kind of a person. So I said, she's, she's the same way right now. So I believe we have free choice to heal. You know, it's open to everyone, but I have definitely had a few letters that have come through that surprised me that weren't that loving, you know, as some of the other letters. And 
um, Barrett and I talked about it and we do feel there's going to be more books coming through and we're going to be, we, you know, the letters were all loving in the first book, but some of the letters that we've got and we're going to include in the next books that, um, that really showed their personality, not that, you know, the messages were, were great, but they showed their personality that they had here. And so I, I believe we have free choice and we can heal or not heal. That's interesting. And I think that is important to always keep in mind that just because you pass to the other side doesn't mean you're instantly like some form of angel. Right. No, no, no. I don't believe it works like that at all. Yeah. No. My, from my experience. Um, you know, and even I remember my grandfather had come through and we did not have a great late relationship and he was not a kind person. And he came through and he said, um, you know, forgive me, you know, he said, forgive me. And I thought, that's my choice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he was still laughing the same way. It was all about him. He wanted me to forgive him. And in fact, what was interesting is he felt like he was in a sort of hell where he, where he is. I don't believe in hell. From what I've been shown, there is no hell, but we can create our own hell. And he felt like he was in hell because he hurt so many people and he couldn't tell them so because he was able to come through to me he came through um but he came through in the, you know somewhat of the same way he's like forgive me because i'm in hell you know <laughs> i i find it so funny that even on the other side we can still be looking outside of ourselves for yeah. the answers I think there's almost a personality self that still stays. It's really kind of shedding that personality self to go into more of a spiritual self. Um, and maybe that's part of the reason we also are connecting with the personality. Um, but we can connect, all of us can connect with those who have passed and have an influence on their progress as much as those there can help to put things into our path. But again, as Beth said, it's our free choice. It's like what, what we do with what we are given or those experiences is our choice. Mm -hmm. And um, I think sometimes, I think you touched on it, Nicole, in the beginning, with so much, sometimes our biggest growth comes when we go through challenges and adver you know, adversarial situations and, and, and darkness. Some, but we always, there is light. There's always light. There's always... Um, we just to keep that in our mind that there is always a way forward. There's always possibilities. And even if people are experiencing all that is happening in the, on this earth, and there's a, so much, there's one letter that um, was profound that we included that was called um, Living, Loving Beyond the Chaos. It was a letter that was channeled by um, a group of passengers that passed on a in a plane crash. And it was interesting because I see groups on my left side. There's so many people waiting to talk that we've established or I established almost like a deli ticketing machine. Everyone gets a number. <laughs> We're going to talk to everybody. But if everybody talks at the same time, we can't process it. We're overloaded. And we still have to live here and do what we need to do in our earthly lives. So everyone gets so a number. We to them to help us wash the dishes. But it's yeah, no one's helping wash the dishes. <laughs> But the thing that was so unusual with this situation, I said to Beth, you know, usually we have, usually it's like, you know, individuals with, with numbers. There was this whole group standing on my left stage. They were all had the number one. 
and they moved collectively center stage. And I knew this letter was coming. And it's a, it's a very, um, what would you say, Beth? It's very direct. Um, it's, it's, it's in very plain terms about the chaos that's happening, the darkness that's happening in our world today. But the, and, letter, yeah, the letter spoke about the light, that, you know, to look for the light, you know, when, when you have mm -hmm. chaos. There's always light afterward. Look for the people who are helping. Look for the helpers. Instead of focusing on all the chaos, focus on the light and focus nice. on, yeah. Um, and you see people, I mean, with every with every um, difficult situation, with every mm -hmm. trauma, you see people rising with compassion and love and doing different things for one another. It's in those moments that we need to grow those moments, that we need to put the energy into that area so that that light overcomes the darkness because darkness can't exist in the light. But so much is bubbling up. We live in extraordinary times. So much is bubbling up to the surface now. And it's that darkness that's been repressed right that we're bringing up and we're opening up we're opening up who we are we're opening up what we're about we're breaking down a lot of the conditioning of our society um, social conditioning um, so religious political so many things are happening that it seems chaos but it's in that chaos where there is this rebirth and it's best said to look for the light, to be the light, to choose. How do I, how am I going to respond to this? What, in what loving way am I going to respond to this? Even for the difficult situation, because we have the power to heal. We have the power to lift and to release that darkness and to lift us all because we're all in this together. One of the messages that's been coming through for me to share with my audience over the last um, two weeks or so is that in this world of duality, that it is only in the, the greater the darkness, the more ability it has to hold more light. So to always remember that, and that talks about our shadow journey, that we can't really discover in a dual world what the beauty and power of our light is until we go into the darkness. And so having that reminder I think brings a little bit of hope and peace when there is, like you said, so many chaos and um, darker events happening. Yeah, I know. I, I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I um. Yes, Nicole. I've been thinking about that as well. Even with my own journey, you know, um, I would not be the person I am today. You know, the compassionate person, the loving person, had I not been through the dark things. That, that I have been through and how can we really understand and know the light unless we have the darkness to compare it to so I I think there's a there's a truth to that I I, I believe that as well yeah they say you know you know you don't really know um, joy if you don't know sorrow you know when we grieve we've all lost loved ones when we grieve deeply it's because we love deeply and you need that it's almost like a teeter-totter you need both sides but um, with both sides, we can f find the center too. And also, I, I, I've, I've come to understand that um, it's, it's all for a purpose. It, you know, it all makes sense in a bigger picture. We're all here individually and as a group to grow and to evolve. So these dark things that we've gone through um, as, a, as a whole, as, our, as, as a society within ourselves, um, it's all for learning. You know, and there are people that um, 
that play roles for us. You know, I, my biggest teachers are my biggest triggers. You know, they're the ones who have taught me the most in life. And if I hadn't had them, I wouldn't be sitting here. I would not be sitting here today and I wouldn't have the understanding that I have. So, um, I, you know, when I hear people getting lost in the darkness or in fear, um, I see just life as, as, as a big stage, as a big play. And, you know, we are the director sometimes, we're the main actor sometimes, or supporting cast sometimes. Um, we're all helping each other. It's all for evolvement. Um, and I don't, you know, years ago, I could get lured into that fear. Um, I don't feel that anymore because I feel that there's a bigger picture there. That's very powerful. And we're very familiar on this side of the podcast with our triggers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my triggers teach me much. Yes, yes. I welcome yeah. them now. They're like, I yes. call them golden nuggets. Yes. I remember so a spiritual teacher saying one time, one day you're going to run towards your triggers. And I thought, no way, I'm not <laughs> Uh, and sure enough, that's what I want now. I want I want the triggers because I know there's a healing there that's going to happen. Well, before um, we end the show, I wanted to ask you, ladies, if there was ever a letter that was written and given to someone who really wasn't a believer on the other side, kind of stuff, and that really shifted their belief system. Hmm. Okay, so my husband, <laughs> the first one that came to mind, um, he loves me yeah. and he supports me, um, but he is not a believer. Come Even on, he heard, a, he heard a train whistle. I know, but he, but he heard it and he will deny it to this day. Because he, it doesn't- Just like doesn't, you, Brian. <laughs> it's very hard for him and um he's even had other spiritual experiences that have been incredible he was walking our dog one day and um it was dark and i was uh, i said be careful it's dark out and he came back and he looked like he had seen a ghost and i was like well, you know what happened he said I, a car came around the corner very quickly and i could swear the car went through me i mean that is a crazy experience and then you know in a week he just held and he denies like you know it, it all happens um but a letter did come through for him about change and um and i showed it to him and he read it and he was quiet about it um and then he went off on his day and then he called me up and he said you're not going to believe this but someone just sent me a a cartoon character and there's a caterpillar sitting on one side and a butterfly sitting on the other and they and the um, caterpillar says you've changed and the and the butterfly says i know we're supposed to and he <laughs> said how did this come through today just after i read that letter um so it, it it's hard for him you know he's got his conditioning and um but he has started to open um, he started to open from the messages that, that come through and I catch him reading, reading the book, you know, quietly in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a kid who's eating the cookies out of the cookie jar. He's like hiding in the corner, reading the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, he won't admit it, but yeah, it, it, I, I believe it's affecting him. Oh. And 
think that once we change, we're affecting people around us, even if we're not having those conversations, mm -hmm. we're opening them up just because our energy has changed and all our energy is affecting everyone else. Mm -hmm. So um, I've seen changes in him, even aside from direct conversations that we've had. Well, our very own Brian is a result of, of that being on our show. <laughs> True. Tell your husband to read The Miracle Morning. The Miracle Morning? Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I do think that each of the letters, Nicole, resonates differently with people, whether they were the recipient of the letter or the feedback that we're getting from readers to our book as different letters, depending on what's going on in people's lives, touches them some are affect them more than other letters so there's just a, a that full collection there's something in it for each person the other thing that we're hearing too is some people have gone back and reread there's so many layers of knowingness of insight and inspiration in these letters that they're getting them at different times and once they've gone through another kind of experience they're like oh my gosh aha now i understand this a little bit more or this is helping me really connect with myself, which connects with all of us. We're all looking for that connection. Um, so it's interesting how the feedback has been very positive, but also helping each person to wherever they are on their own journey, which is perfect. We're all exactly where we need to be. And just to be, I think that's the, uh, the other message. And sometimes, you know, um, I think, like Barrett said, things open up over time. You know, we had, we did a reading for a woman and um, there was a lot of scenes, you know, uh, that related to her being in a bar um, with her father. And, you know, and I had said, you know, I, you know, he's, he's concerned uh, about this and I'm just, I'm just relaying this to you. It came through enough that we felt that we needed to let her know. And she said, well, I don't think that really applies to me. You know, I, I don't understand that. And then it, maybe three sentences later, she said, well, you know, I do get a lot of stomach aches when I drink a lot. <laughs> and, then she, and then she said, um, you know, I think I drink the most out of everybody in my family. So I think people hear it when they're ready. You know, the sure. Oh, yeah. Your own timing is everything for your journey, you know. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to put the book out there so people can let it unfold for them. You know, it's a little different than doing a reading for someone where we get all this powerful information for them, but um, it, they have the book. We've had people um, read through it one letter at a time or, you know, they'll breeze through it and, and see what letter jumps out at them. And, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this with your own journey, um, you know, that you, you might read something and it doesn't resonate with you. And then you know, a year later, you pick it up and you're like, now is the time that I should be reading this. And now all of a sudden, everything makes sense. And you, you realize, you know, what it what it all meant. Um, so the reason we wanted to do the book was so people, you know, can go at their own pace and have mm -hmm. that if they want. And we hear there's seven books. That's what our guides have told us. So we will be starting to um, this year put together the second book, which I think what we're getting from our guides, and Beth, you might want to talk about Louise a little bit, but we have some mentors in the spiritual realm who have given us um, everything from the three parts to the book, um, as well as who's coming through. But they also are speaking to the second book. I think it's 
the first one is really focused on the individual healing. The second one is focused on the world healing. So it's interesting how the letters, we have so many, but they so perfectly come together to sort of support the thesis of whatever the next book is. So um, stay tuned. Ladies, thanks so much for coming on the show. Did you want to let our audience know where they can find your book and your information? Yes, our book is available on Amazon. So if they go to Amazon and they can look up um, the Living Beyond Fear, Sacred Letters from the Afterlife. We also have a website, which is www.thesacredletters.com. So sacred letters with an S.com. Um, and on there has all the information about us and about our journey. And um, they can also get the book through our website. Thank you. Oh, what a great, what a great talk today. Um, really appreciate having you ladies on the show. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having us. Yes, we really appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Thanks for all the work that you do. I, I mean, it's so soothing, I'm sure, for people, especially who've had loved ones pass, to, mm -hmm. to be able to receive a letter from them. I just can't imagine how impactful that would be on your grief. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll have to check out your book. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again to our audience for tuning in once again. We will be back with you next week. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're interested in contacting Nicole or myself for some coaching or any of the other services we provide, you can find out more about Nicole at inflexibleme.com and my website is lisaloveslove.com. Thank you again for joining us and supporting our show and we will be back with you all next week.